0: this uh, gospel is just a bit of a lulu uh it's only in luke probably because uh it requires an explanation you jesus it was an edge pusher you know one wonders what he would say if he came in here i don't think it would be a comfort zone uh we'd have to think outside the box because he'd be thinking of kaiser no doubt talking about weather right (laughs) what happened to fall but he he you can imagine the, the effect on his hearers before he ex- kind of explains a little about where he's going, and even then, we, we really this begs for a bit of an uh, of a understanding of why Jesus seems to be commending someone who's cheating, and so uh, there are a few keys here that help us to to understand that he's really talking about all of us, and one of them is that uh, he begins by he finishes this by saying, "Make friends for yourselves now." with dishonest wealth so that uh, when your true wealth comes you will have something permanent he's going to the master is going to give us something that belongs to us right now we're using things that are not ours we think that they're ours but if we look ahead Uh, I don't know how many years it is for each of us, but there will come a time when everything we think we own, somebody else will possess, and we then will inherit a permanent and true wealth that is entirely based on how we traded in someone else's money and possessions, which is the Lord. All of us are renters, one of my favorite ways of looking at the world. All of us have loans given to us. We are only stewards of another person's, uh, this is all the Lord's uh, world. And people don't realize he's listening like this master and watching and seeing how we are using or misusing the tools around us. A lot of us depends on whether we have heard the good news about what is valuable and what is not. It's a theme Christ often comes back to. It's amazing how often our Lord encourages us to work for wealth in heaven. What is wealth in heaven? That's something we don't quite understand, but I think a lot of it has to do with simply uh, how close I am to Jesus will be the level of happiness and the glory that he will give us and we will give him though nobody is jealous with whoever's whatever level we're on and it's going to last forever yet we don't think about it enough so we have this 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 uh in this gospel there's a rich man who has hired a steward and he's he's away on a journey and again a common theme with our lord our lord is away we don't see him uh he is here and Heaven is not some place beyond the bounds of the universe. It's, it's a, another dimension that we simply cannot see. Uh, we, we don't have the senses for it. But even in uh, I was reading something or watching something about physics, one of my favorite subjects, although I was terrible at math, uh, Deacon Ty would be proud of me. I was listening to something about string theory. And I didn't realize how old that theory was, but they're postulating 22 different dimensions. It's hard to get a handle on this, but one of them must have the angels in it and, and a dimension that we one day are going to be joining when our physical body is no longer with us while we're waiting for our spiritual body to be given us. And in that dimension, God watches, he waits, he gives us time to figure it out. God forbid that we should achieve all the uh, world's wealth and power and fame and money and good looks and the rest of it and not realize what life is about until the end. So many people don't realize until they've achieved everything that it simply isn't enough. And what is most satisfying is the sacrifice I made for somebody else. You look back at it, that's where true happiness lies, in giving away something, not just acquiring things and piling up wealth on a, a, on a boat. Uh, we, we get off the boat and everything stays there, and you realize that you were a fool because you didn't make any preparations for disembarkation. So the, the, the master hears something. We are never told that the steward is actually guilty. He simply has heard something. It's hearsay. So there appears perhaps to be a misunderstanding. We This may be the case because the master ends up praising the steward. It could be he came home and found the steward was, in fact, operating uh, correctly. We don't know. Uh, that may be one reason that he gets praised at the end. But in any, Or... Or the, the master is just as underhanded as the steward and he appreciates the steward's craftiness, didn't realize he had somebody just like himself. But in any case, he comes back and he, says, he comes back quickly. He says, your, your employment is at an end. I want you to give an accounting of what you've done. See, he, he jumps to conclusions, this master, and says, you're, you're finished. Now, tell me what you've done. And uh, this, is, this is what the steward is hearing is going to be happening. Uh, we too, perhaps at a time we are not expecting, may find our stewardship uh, is coming to an end. I have had two uh, different weird illnesses. That's the story of my life. You know, With, the, with my, uh, my three operations, I was out for about eight or nine days. I should still be out, actually. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, ministerial priesthood is for you, for me to sit at the house I basically, my, I had no priesthood because there's no point in having minister of priesthood if there's nobody to serve. You see what I mean? It's, in a sense, it was like a mini-death. You think about it. Last night, some of you who ever come to the 530 Mass, Paul, our trumpeter, passed away. Uh, well, He was quite ill, and uh, I had seen him in the hospital. It turned out he said, you know, Father, I may have pancreatic cancer. Well, he did, and after that diagnosis, he lasted about a week and a half. It was a very quick, and he's gone. He made a big impact here for all of us who heard him at 5.30. Uh, In fact, he had to learn to lower the trumpet a little bit, but but we all loved him very, very, very deeply. And you see how quickly one of the greatest gifts that he, one of his biggest investments was simply coming here and sharing his talent with us. Everybody here received something as well as a lesson about life from this man who was here about six months, had been at St. Vincent, and uh, now he's gone. So, uh, what does this master, what does this steward do? It, it's a little hard to understand what it is that he's doing here. The master is probably charging too much, or or whatever. But the steward thinks, well, I don't want to be a ditch digger. I want to have, uh, I want people to hire me, or to be friends of mine, or to help me out after I lose my job. So he takes these invoices, this. Apparently, this guy runs Wilco or something. It sounds like he's got a lot of different uh, things that he's, he's selling, some kind of store. And he says, well, okay, you bought 100 uh, kilos of flour. Uh, let's We're going to cut the bill in half. All across the board, he's cutting what's owed in half. And he says, I'm going to give you 50% off for being a good customer. He doesn't say why he's doing it. And so he puts every single debtor in he said, on my authority, I'm going to give you 50% off. And So he puts everyone in debt to him in the sense that they're now friends. Oh, you're my, you, you, I love you forever. And uh, when the master comes home, he finds that, uh, yes, he's, the bills were cut in half, but most likely these customers are probably going to give him twice the business because they appreciate the discount that he got. And so the the steward finds that, 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 or should say the master finds that the steward probably did him a favor or he's like-minded. In any case, he didn't realize what kind of steward he had, somebody that could think on his feet. And our Lord's point in bringing this up is the people of the world who have no no idea at all what's important. They spend all their lives in Wall Street and nothing in giving uh, any thought to anyone else besides themselves. Uh, This sort of thing is very common. Oh, all I want is to look good and have uh, lots of fame and everybody to like me and have a real huge house and a big bank account and then they die and they made no friends with anyone in heaven or on earth and everybody's glad that they passed away so they can they can carve up the loot and this is the kind of a life that God wants to save us from making that mistake and uh, so the real the real question then is how do we then make friends for ourselves because our Lord says, not if it fails you, but when it fails you. One of the most uh, interesting comments uh, when we had the financial crisis, I still can't remember if it was 2007 or 2008, seems like a long time ago. What, 2007? Who knows? You've forgotten to. Uh, but everything. Uh, all most value values dropped forty fifty percent. I've lived old enough. I'm old enough now to have had this happen three times. I started American Airlines and started this 401k, which was brand new. I think I had two thousand dollars, and then immediately it was 1983. The stock market dropped by sixty percent. I said, "What kind of investment is this? Here, it's all gone." And then, of course, you know, it comes and it goes. And when the money dropped in 2008 or whatever it was. Uh, Pope Benedict, of all people, weighed in on this, and he said, he said, look at money, look how fast, and look at value, look how, look how quickly it passes. And his line was, it was never there in the first place. It was all simply for us to make friends with. And if you think about it, if you own a house and everyone sells at it once, it's valueless. If you own stocks and everybody sells at once, the price drops to zero, it's all a bit of an illusion. And this whole world, real as it is, is a bit of an illusion. It's all set up for us to make a choice. And while we, yes, we're encouraged to, to do well with all that we have, Christ never condemns that. If I've been given assets physically, spiritually, he expects us to trade well and, and, and provide for our families. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, do I have a portfolio in heaven? I may not have any money on earth, but I could be quite wealthy in heaven by the simple little things that we do every day. I, I'm sure I told this story at daily or Sunday mass, but it it was so interesting. It was at the grocery store, and I always like to chat it up with the checker if they're unless they're you know mean looking or something, <laughs> you know. But but uh, I was just talking with her, and we uh, after she got done, she said. Let me give you your ten percent off. I said, "What is it? Senior day?" <laughs> she said, "She said, no. Uh, you're the first person that's been nice to me in fifteen minutes." I said, "I am picking your line every time." <laughs> I said, "Yes, I got my reward now." But uh, this, the Lord notices small things. Investments come. One little opportunity at a time, being a little patient with someone at home. My mother had ten stories. We had them numbered. You know, sometimes we said, Mom, that's number five. Anybody have a relative like that? And being patient and listening to it for the 101st time. Uh, You think that that is a corporal work of mercy. You know, just waiting for somebody. The traffic's backed up here, you know, while the road's being finished. Some people are kind and let cars in, which of course is the law. Others, they they rush to make sure that nobody gets in. They want to be first. There's the difference between real wealth and false wealth. It has nothing to do with, the, with how much. It's, it's, it's what did you do with what you have. That's all God asks. He doesn't ask quantity. He doesn't even uh, ask that we always succeed, but just that we try. Visiting a sick person, or uh, you fill in the blanks. Sometimes it's tithing. We can't be everywhere at once, but what we've given to, uh, the work goes on at Saint, here at St. Saint, uh, uh, Saint Ed's. <laughs> yes, it was the Feast of St. Matthew. I was back at my first assignment, almost at St. Matthew. Um, everything that we do here, uh, is done in your name we just an AA meeting just started what was the first meeting somebody was looking for it and I, I didn't realize we'd started that you know that's a corporate work of mercy you don't even know what's going on I don't know who's there but you helped establish that simply by tithing and I'll tell you a story about uh, another th- group that I I've been tithing to for 30 years. Normally, one doesn't talk about this, but it was so interesting. It was a real lesson to me about what a true investment is and the intense reward one gets for this. Um, I've always had terrible eyesight. I think probably that's. I used to walk around with Coke bottles when before they had those thin lenses. I got kidded to death, like, which, which Coke bottle did they cut off the bottom of, you know, that had these avator glasses with one inch thick. Somebody should have told me about this, how ugly they were. But anyway, I, so I started giving to the Xavier Society of the Blind because the overhead is about 3%, 97%, something like that goes to charity. Uh, in California, they used to have a, a law where they actually had that written on the back of every charity so you could actually check this out. Uh, so And they were religious, and uh, I just appreciated their help with the blind. So um, to make a long story short, there have been several funny incidents with this group that God has kind of winked at me and said, I, this is your real investments. But the one that I want to bring up today is that it, when this church was new about seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, there was somebody sitting in the back row here, and I, I was greeting people, and I noticed she had a kind of an unusual um, missile that she was reading, doing the readings in advance, and it was Braille. And I was thinking about the Vader side, and I just said, oh, I've never seen a Braille missile before. I said, how did you learn to read the, you know, the upraised letters? And she was talking about that she had been either, blind. I think she was blind from birth. She said, well, I've never known what I'm missing, and so on. It was very moving. And I said, uh, I said, is that, is that, is that expensive to purchase? She said, oh, It's way beyond my abilities to pay for She said, I got it for free from the Xavier Society from the blind. And I thought to myself, I gave you that. (laughs) I gave you that. And don't be surprised if on the last day of your life, our Lord hands you back a jar of peanut butter and said, thank you for giving me that. It's one of the best investments you ever made. Okay. What? I stopped at Safeway and bought a jar of peanut butter and tossed it in the St. Vincent de Paul bin over here. Yep. That was your investment. We used to have the, remember when we had the, the big truck over here with the St. Vincent de Paul? Some of you old timers. People used to, three o'clock in the morning, an old mattress would show up under the, under the truck. We had to try to get rid of it. Can you imagine our Lord saying to them, thanks for this old mattress you gave me. Here's one of your own. <laughs> You know, it, We're going to be very surprised at what mattered in life and what didn't. We may have changed a life simply by being kind to somebody when they were really hurting. Uh, we don't know what our mission in life is until it's over. But one thing we do know, we will be held accountable. God is listening. He's deliberately not showing up to give us time to figure it out. Sometimes we have to accumulate a lot to realize it just doesn't matter in the end. And that while we're buying and trading and selling and doing the best we can with all that we have, which God expects of us, he also wants to put in our portfolio, or whatever you want to call it, those investments that last forever. And it's called listening to God's commandments. We're so privileged here to be able to actually hear what's going on. Christ doesn't tell us everything, just what we need to know right now. We're children. We're not born into the world of the future when everything is explained. Right now, he just wants us to know what is pleasing to him, and it's not difficult. He offers us opportunities every day. We shouldn't be caught by surprise by this, like the steward was. On the other hand, he was ready. You know, he was smart. He knew what to do. And he says, these people who don't know what's going on are smarter than the people of light who don't listen to me and don't invest properly. So we thank God that he explains to us the world of the future and what is truly important and what is not.